Welcome to the Michigan Wild Podcast. We're just here walking around. We're going to go set a tree stand. Don't worry, my dad's weird. He never shot a huge buck before. I just shot a freaking big buck. that one. Oh, you hit him. Go get that one, Henry. Right here. Look at the size of that deer. Welcome to Michigan Wild, another episode. I'm pretty jacked. I am currently holding the first shed of 2024. Me and Henry and Ashley went out with the dog today. We actually woke up, got some breakfast this morning, and then went and hit the woods. I walked around and yeah, found my first shed for 2024. Henry was close to me, but you know, the height advantage helped me out again. I saw it before he did, so it was pretty cool. It's a it's a pretty cool deer. It's um it's a deer that I actually thought might have been the seven point this year. Um, the buck I ended up shooting October 22nd. Um, he was kind of MIA on trail cameras last year in 2022. And then I got this deer on camera this year, and I was like, man, is that him? And the reason why I thought it might have been him was because it was he had a fork on one side, just like a two-by, you know, just a G2 and a beam, and he had a bunch of trash on his bases. And I was like, you know, you always hear guys talk about how deer go downhill and do those kind of things. And I was like, is that him? Did he go downhill? And, you know, he had some similar characteristics, you know, high off his head, decent beam, but like just drastically smaller than he was in 21 when I'd seen him last. So I, you know, I thought maybe it was him. And then, you know, as velvet stripped and you got a couple other pictures and I was getting him in a spot that never had the deer, the seven point ever before, but you know, things change. And, um, yeah, once he stripped velvet, I was like, man, that body is just not screaming, you know, mature buck to me. Even a mature buck going downhill. And then I compared some other pictures to him, and I'm like, dude, there's no way his his body changed that much. So I kind of wrote it off that it was a different deer, which thankfully I did because I ended up shooting that 7 point. And obviously he was uh, much bigger than what the shed I have in my hand is. But, I um, mean, it's not a bad shed. I mean, he's essentially just a, a Y buck on the one side, and then he's got – one, two, three, four brow tines on one side. And sorry, they're not four brow tines. It's one brow. Well, actually, if you look at it, you don't even think he's got a brow tine because it actually wraps around the. It's like his brow tine starts on the wrong side of the beam, so like the outside of it. And then it like wraps around back and like goes straight back. So if he's looking straight at you, you wouldn't even see it. And it was longer, uh, but he broke a little bit of it off. Then he had one kind of in the front, you know, front of his beam too, like a little sticker. And then he's got this little hook kicker. So, I mean, I want to say they were probably, they were, they were all a few inches long, maybe like two inches and two and a half inches kind of a thing. And the other one was a little bigger this summer or early this fall before it broke it. You can see a pretty good chunk of it broke off. 
So a really cool deer. He's similar. He's obviously got similar characteristics to the buck I shot because he had the same thing, a little bunch of junk on his bases. But you know, when he was, you know, this deer was, I'm a, I don't know. My gut tells me two and a half could potentially be only a year and a half. It's kind of hard. Um, looking at the shed. I mean, if he's a year and a half, he's a dandy year and a half. Like he could be something crazy, but I'm, I'm thinking two and a half. His other side was good. I think, oh man, I have to pull up the pictures, but I think he was only like, I think he was a seven point or a six point. I can't really remember the other side. He might've been really weak on that side too. I can't, I can't really, it's not ringing a bell. Like I said, so like to me, like even when I thought maybe it was him, it just didn't, it wasn't a deer I was interested in. So, but no, really cool shed. It was, uh, we walked all over the place and found it. Like me and Henry always say, finding one shed is good for us. Like if any, if one of us gets one, we're pumped. So we are no shed experts. Um, but no, today was a good solid day. I mean, I encourage anyone who's right now get out there, walk around. I mean, we got some decent weather. You can learn a lot, especially if you're not like expert scouters. Like I don't feel like I'm an expert scouter by any means. Um, but I do know that it is not a bad thing. To just get out there and walk some of the properties you can hunt. I mean, the more you do that, um, the more you can learn. I mean, as long as you go and do it with the right mindset, you know, looking for tracks, seeing where the trails are, um, you know, understanding why maybe the trail is where it is. Is that terrain thing? Is it because they're going to a food source? Excuse me, you can back up track to bedding areas. And you might not even have bedding areas on your properties. Like, I don't. Like, some of my properties have no bedding areas on them because they're so small. But I also you know, can look at the map and do, you know, do like some long distance, not long distance, but like zoom out and say, okay, the deer kind of using this area. Once they go on to the other property, what does that look like? Does that look like there's potential bedding over there? And then maybe even just get permission to go scout over there. Like ask to shed hunt or ask to, you know, do a little squirrel hunting or small game hunting. And then as you're doing that, you can kind of you know, keep tabs on what's going on over there. Like, oh yeah, obviously here's the bedding area. And then you kind of know how far away you are from that. I mean, there's all these things you can do while scouting, um, just by being out there and just soaking it all in and you'll slowly learn, you know, what's good. And, uh, today was really good for that. I mean, some just dynamite trails, you know, going to the food plots, going to, um, some of the ag fields, doing all those things. And, you know, learned a little bit because I didn't really hunt some of these properties very often. So, you know, you haven't been there for a while and it's like, you're sitting there and it's like, all right, yep. I know that camera needs to be here next year opposed to over there because of, you know, rubs or scrapes that you find. I need to, you know, if I do come in here with what type of wind time of year, you know, have multiple options, you know, I'm scouting trees. I want to sit in, I'm scouting, you know, um, particular like ambush ambush points from deer trails and then you find the doe trails and you try to find maybe the less um obvious trails that sometimes are perpendicular doe trails so you can catch a buck you know cruising on that certain time of year i've had a lot of success with that so yeah that's that's what i did uh today and last week and it's been it's uh it's a time of year for that and i really enjoy it um and i actually am going to have a um, future episode with a guy that he kind of makes his bread and butter by scouting he uh He's not shy about saying that he finds success because of the work he puts in the off season. He loves the process and uh, he's a very well-known guy. I feel uh, fortunate that he's actually going to come on. So that's DJ Riley. And, um, he, uh, yeah, he's, I've learned a lot from him. You know, he's, he's, it's really cool. So that'll, I'm looking forward to doing that here in the next few weeks, but 
yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of merit to that. And the more you do it, the better you'll get. If you're a new guy that, you know, doesn't have any idea what he's looking for, I mean, just go out there and walk around. I mean, walk every corner, walk the property lines, just walk the properties you got permission to be on and just study trails, follow deer trails, you know, look for bedding areas, look for sign, you know, and then when you're in there, just kind of like stand there and soak it in and pull up your digital mapping if that's Onyx or whatever that may be and see where you are and just drop a pin. And then maybe as you're sitting there looking around be like, man, that looks like a sweet tree and just kind of break it down from that. And then, you know what, maybe going into this fall, you got to try some of those things and they might be the worst idea ever. You might've been like, man, what was I thinking? You walk in there, you blow every deer out, but you're learning. It's a journey. It's a process. So yeah, that's my little ramble for uh, scouting that uh, just because that's front of my mind. But yeah, it's cool to find a shed and do that. Uh, get that kicked off for this uh, this year. But no, let's roll into this week's episode. It is actually with uh, Nate Hicks from Painted Arrow. He uh, is a guy that actually has been on Michigan Wild before with Marcus when Marcus was the host. Um, I don't know how long ago it was. I'm saying, you know, last year or the year before um, he hopped on. So, but I didn't realize that until I did some digging into it and saw that he had been on. And, uh, but the reason I wanted to, you know, I follow him on social media and all that stuff is because I had seen, um, one of his YouTube videos that he did a few years ago. He shot the sweet buck in Michigan, you know, had a good story that went along with it. And, uh, it also has, you know, uh, uh, he's in the outdoor industry with some products. He has a really cool, uh, bow mount, mo, mo, bow mounted, uh, camera base i guess is the best way to describe it but it's for like your cell phone uh magnetic um so you can you know hook it to your stabilizer he's got i mean i've seen him shoot his recurve with it you know traditional gear compound it's a strong magnet i think's on your bow you take the magnets in the back of your phone and you just boop, pop it on and there you're ready to rip and uh you know there's lots of videos of guys using it and it works it's cool i mean it's a really cool thing. They also have a bunch of some other things. Like I'm really intrigued with their, uh, they have another base that you kind of strap to the tree and you can magnetically put your GoPro on that. And I like using a GoPro because it's kind of like my journal, uh, for the season. And then, you know, I can pick the highs and the lows and I save that video footage. And I, you know, when you're bored and you gotta look back and be like, man, what was I doing this time of year last year? And you can, you know, scroll through and it's like, Oh, I hunted there. And did I see anything? Nope. Was it, you know, was it much or if I had a really good hunt there it is and you know talk about my wind and talk about how I get in there you know why I'm there those kind of things so I I like GoPro for that and you know one of those uh tools that uh I think you get a you know filming your kill is not easy so if there's anything that you can try to make that easier it's a really good thing not because trying to be a YouTube celebrity or anything like that but just having that footage for uh when you shoot a deer if things don't go the greatest i mean if you don't watch that deer fall all the doubts rush into your mind and even if it's a great shot and you know talking to my buddy tony he does a lot of deer you know tracking with his dog find it fred he's always saying how man when i got video of something it just it makes things so much easier from like sorting through who he should help you know giving words of encouragement or pointing guys in a direction just having that little bit of footage does help doesn't always doesn't always you know end up being the right thing, but it's just another tool, another thing you can help you know recover people's deer and you know get those animals tagged and be able to use the meat and do all that stuff. So it's a cool thing, and we had a great conversation. Like I said, we we dove more into his story of that buck he ended up shooting because I just wanted to hear the details to it, and it was a really sweet 
uh, hunt and how it all shook out. It was uh, kind of a pivotal point for him and, you know, his company and um, how they, you know, started and from nothing and why he did what he did. I mean, he was in a point in his life where he had to kind of take a leap of faith and felt like everything was lining up and kind of hitting him right in the face. And he decided to take that take that step and that leap of faith and it really paid off for him. I mean, it springboarded him and his company. Um, I believe he owns it with another with another friend of his and uh, yeah, they're doing good. They're at all the shows. So, I mean, if you guys like to do the show circuit or, you know, find them on social media and all that stuff, you can find uh, what they're doing and see some of their stuff. It's really cool. So yeah, great conversation with Nate and I appreciate him hopping on and joining Michigan wild. And uh, I do look forward to maybe get my hands on uh, some of his things just to kind of help me in my uh, videoing uh, catastrophes I've had this last year and in years past. So kind of been digging into a little bit of that and trying to simplify what I got going on because like I said all I really want to do is just get video of an arrow going through a deer and then like be able to look back at it and be like yep that was a good shot or no it wasn't a good shot or yes it was a clean miss and just help me be you know a little bit better help me uh help me be a better uh, archer I guess and just you know it's kind of cool and like to be honest I I love to show Henry that like he's not always there when I shoot something so He's always asking, and he can relive that moment. Even my dad or any family members, like that kind of stuff. It's a really cool thing to have. So, yeah, give Peyton Arrow a look, and uh, if you're more interested in that, and, uh, thank you for listening this week. And um, once again, the weather's right. Get out there and do some scouting, walking around, even if that's looking for sheds or just getting outside enjoying creation. And uh, don't be afraid to um, walk around and learn. I mean, dude, man, I, I walked a lot of uh, miles in my younger years having no clue what I was doing um and then having just these grand game plans of how I was gonna you know kill kill a buck the following fall and you know you get this huge plan and you go in there and you set you know I was back before I would mobile hunt and you know carrying climbing steps in there and big huge hang-ons and you're this time of year you know you're hanging sets because I don't like summertime that's mosquitoes and poison ivy and all that always got me so i was always a guy that would set stuff like this time of year you know before the green up would happen and you just a grand plan you're gonna do it and yeah you go into the next fall and it's just like a what was i thinking you know go city never seen anything so you know you had to start somewhere and you have to learn i mean it doesn't mean you can't get lucky and nail it the first time but i mean with boots on the ground scouting you know implementing trail cameras and mock scrapes and food plots and all these things you can maybe do to try to you know, help get a deer within bow range or even gun range. Like if you're just interested in shooting a deer with a gun, I mean, I'm all about that. I mean, I'm totally cool killing deer with a gun, but you have to like understand how deer like your property. You might not have a property that's not good for gun season, not good for early season, not good for all of October. You just scouting will help you determine that. And then you will be able to be like, yep, I need to find different property. And it just, I think it kind of snowballs and it will really, you know, help. Help you become better hunters and better woodsmen and all that stuff. So, yep, that's it. That's all my ramblings for this intro. Uh, appreciate all the support, guys. Um, I'll put some of the some of Paint Arrows information in the show notes so you can take a peek at that. And you guys have a great week. And thanks for listening to this episode.
All right, welcome to another episode of Michigan Wild. Uh, today's guest is a fellow Nate, Nate Hicks with uh, Painted Air Outdoors. And I first found out about you through, I don't know if it was your first YouTube video you did, but you had quite the story uh, about a buck that you ended up shooting that you uh, you bought a house or something, had some property, saw the buck when you uh, were looking at the house and were like, get the sign, I need to uh, do it. And then you end up chasing that deer and end up being able to wrap your tag around him and got him. So that was a really cool story. So yeah, that was the first time I, uh, I seen that YouTube video. And then, you know, now I've been doing this podcast thing. You're one of the guys that I was like, yeah, I would like to talk to him sometime and end up <laughs> kind of going through some of the other episodes that Marcus had did and found that you'd been on it already before. So I was like, you know what, I'm still going to reach out and see if you want to do it again, but yeah, welcome Nate. And, uh, thanks for joining me. Absolutely, man. That's, uh, I'm glad to be here and I'm honored to be on a second time. And, uh, yeah, that, that deer, that's a crazy story. And that's really cool that you actually watched that. Um, that was a big part of my life. Like that, that deer meant a lot more than just, you know, just the hunt, just the antlers, just the, you know, everything that goes with, with hunting, but it was more of a, um, a, a seal on that's what I'm supposed to do in life. And that's the house I'm supposed to buy. And I took that as a sign from God that deer. And that's why we nicknamed him the Holy spirit buck. So yeah, that was a crazy time how many years ago was that that was 2021 that was like right when covid was full swing yeah. and that uh i mean i can go into the story if you want me to but yeah that that was right around covid and um crazy story on that deer crazy story yeah i mean i just was thinking time frame wise because like the housing market then was nuts i mean covid's going on all these things and you're you know younger guy trying to figure out what you're supposed to do and then something like you know like you know spiritual aspect of things you try to like you know make the right decisions and when something like that kind of hits you right in the face someone's like okay i need to slow down and take it take advantage <laughs> of this and seems like you did but yeah if you want to kind of touch on that story a little bit i'm all about hearing it again um yeah kind of how that went went through i haven't i haven't told that story in a while but um so it Long story short, I'll try and make this as concise as possible without going for an hour. Because if I told you all the details, it could go for an hour. So, um, basically, I was living on a boat in the west side of Michigan. That was my like first home, you could say. And it was a it was a bigger boat. It was like a thirty four foot twin screw motor yacht that I bought, basically totaled, and. I was living on that boat and stockpiling money, planning to move to Montana. And that was like, Montana was a place for me that was, you know, growing up, it was like almost like a dream. If I could get to Montana and live there and hunt mule deer and elk and antelope and whatever, like that was what I wanted to do. So for my college internship, I actually worked for the Montana Fish and Wildlife and had an amazing experience, uh, got college credit for it. Um, was paid a little bit of money, like absolute dream for me. Um, and there's a whole nother story I could tell you about, about my experience there. But basically when I was on that internship, I really fell in love with the country, um, which a lot of people, you, you hear that, you know, they, they go West and they don't want to leave. And for me, it was like, just like that is very captivating to me. And just the ability to chase a lot of different critters. Like, you know, I now live in you know, I was born and raised in Southern Michigan area and that's where I am today. And it's not, it's not that there's bad hunting here by any means. There's great hunting and great fishing, but there's just more 
um, species that you can kind of get into. And that's, that's what was really appealing to Montana. So as I'm living in this boat, uh, like I told you, I was kind of saving up a bunch of money, planning to move to Montana and I'm, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. That's, that's really my, my whole family, my grandfathers, they're all entrepreneurs. And it just was kind of engraved in me, like, you know, investing in certain properties and during COVID, like a lot of different properties, like there was good deals to be had. And so I start just kind of like out of natural curiosity and just being an investor and, and wanting to, you know, I had, I had a pool of money kind of saved up and didn't know what I was going to do with it. Um, and I was waiting for my wife to basically move, uh, you know, move on from going to school. She was going to graduate school at the time. So I'm kind of counting the days down until she was ready to graduate so we could move to Montana. That was the goal. So anyways, I started looking at houses and I'm, I'm starting to look at land because I was always really curious about, you know, owning my own land. If I could have a 40 or 80 acre chunk, that was like a just an absolute dream. Like didn't didn't grow up on a big farm or anything like that, but it was just always like this super curious, love to own some land. And I start walking farms and I kind of, I started walking a lot of them. I started walking a ton of different farms just to, just out of curiosity, you know, like I'm really interested in, in land and this specific property, the one with this, this story lands on, this is probably the 15th or 16th actual like 80 plus acre chunk of ground that I had walked. And, you know, I start kind of in my mind, like thinking, you know, maybe I, maybe, maybe God wants me to stay like in Michigan. Um, but I mean, I really wanted to go to Montana. It was like this, I don't know. I was like, so like invested mentally in going to Montana. Like I just had this, I don't know what it was. I couldn't, I can't even hardly put words to it, but I just wanted to go and something about this one property I saw it and I looked on it. That was the first thing I would typically do is I would look at on, on X and like kind of look at the terrain. Right. And then if I kind of, you know, sparked my interest, I'd go and walk it. Like I'd get my, you know, real realtor to give me permission to go walk the property. And, and honestly, like the houses and things like that were almost like an afterthought. It was just yeah. more of like, I want a chunk of land and I want it to be really good hunting. And I was looking at, you know, what the property layout was, how, how were the property lines, you know, were they jagged or were they nice and square? Did, did the neighbors have big, big properties or were they like a ton of smaller individual properties touching it? Like stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I remember this one came up for sale and I, it was just like, everything was there, but I didn't like, it was, it was a completely CRP. It was all enrolled in CRP. So of the 66 acres, I think 61 of them were enrolled in a CRP program. So if anybody listening doesn't know what that is, it's a, it's all grasslands. And I remember looking at it on the topo maps and I was kind of studying it briefly. And I just was like, eh, eh, I know I, I, I'd like to have a little bit more of a mix, a little bit more cover, a little more timber. And I kind of like put it off to the side and, um, a couple of days later, I don't know what it was. I started looking at it again and I had a, a free day. And at the time, um, I was, I was working for corporate America and I, I would travel quite a bit. And so I, I was going to go to that side of the state. Um, and it was two and a half hours from where, you know, at the time, which was Grand Rapids. So it was quite a bit south, two and a half hours south, close to the Ohio border. Anyways, I go and look at this, this property, 15th or 16th big property. Like I said, I looked at, and I literally pulled up and I'm driving on the dirt road and the, well, I'm telling the story 
it was always my dream to live on a dirt road. Like, I don't know what it is, but I always think of dirt roads and the deer just big dirt roads. And my grandpa grew up on a dirt road. So going, you know, hunting in, in my younger years, like we would go out to his place and it just gave me like this vibe that I always wanted to kept, like smell cow manure and I wanted to live on a dirt road. Like that's what I wanted. <laughs> And, country uh, boy that's what you want to be you want to be that country boy yep <laughs> oh man i just that's how i grew up going to my grandpa's and it just gave me these vibes and he's the one who taught me how to hunt and um and he had passed away so when i when i went out to this farm i could literally i was passing dairy farms way down southern michigan and i'm like i'm i was feeling the vibe driving through and i i pull up to this you know the crossroad and it's a dirt road and i'm like oh my gosh it's a dirt road even like cool and because I, I couldn't really tell from the maps, it was kind of ambiguous the way the sun hit it on the on the topo map. So I got there and I'm like, mm, you know, this this feels right. And the property neighbors were like hundreds of acres, so like really big farms all around. And I'm thinking check mark there. And I pull in, kind of like just driving the road frontage, and I see this rack, like this big rack, like out in the grass in the CRP. And uh, I was like that, like in my first initial thought was like, this is a decoy. Like it looked like a decoy to me. Like <laughs> somebody likes decoy. Yeah, like, like, it, like, honestly, like I'd never seen anything like it. Like it was, it looked like some, some like wind had thrown a decoy out in the middle of the brush and like, and I start looking at it and literally this, this rack is like 20 yards from this house, like on the property that I'm looking at to go walk. And, um, and I'm just like looking at it like that's wild. And I like kind of drove to the end and turned around and I start looking. It's like it's a it's a deer. And I'm like, that is a huge, massive buck. Like it's a hundred and fifty inch buck at least. Like, and I'd, you know, I'd never my biggest deer to that point was like nothing. I mean, the, you know, typical basket eight point. Like yeah. I hadn't ever shot anything of any stature ever, like ever. You know, yeah, and when you see a frame, when you can see a frame of 150 inch deer, even 140 inch frame deer, they're just like impressive, especially when you don't see it often. They stick out and it does look almost like unrealistic when you're not used to seeing it. I can only imagine in that grassiness right there, your thought process is like, I think you might have did like a quick little video. Actually, now I'm thinking about it on your YouTube video. Like you might, I think you record yeah. yourself shortly after that. And I was like that. You could just tell you were geeked. Like you were like, oh my gosh, this is a huge deer. Like yeah, the passion like, was there. It was so awesome. hundred percent. Like I'm, you know, so in that moment though, like the, all this, the story kind of line, I'm trying to tell us, I guess as quick as possible without leaving the good juicy details. But like at that moment, when I realized that that was a buck, um, I got out of my truck, I went and parked in the driveway. And I, like you said, I took my phone and I, walked up on this deer it was, it was right next to the house i mean it was like right next to the house 25 yards from the house 50 50 yards off the off the road and uh i jump this buck up and i get video of it running away and i'm sitting there like looking at this video back and i'm like that is 150 inch deer like it's gotta be like it's gotta be the biggest deer i've ever seen hands down like i didn't know deer were like that like in michigan mm -hmm. never never even seen anything like it so in that moment, right then and there, I'm standing in the CRP grass in my boots and I got a hat on and it was December, uh, I'm sorry, it was January, like 25th. So like the hunting season was almost done and I knew that deer was going to survive more than likely. And I'm sitting there standing in the CRP and I just felt like completely captivated. Like, I don't know how to explain it. I felt like God quite literally was telling me something like this, like, this is where I want you, you know what I mean? And 
and I finish walking a property and I see another really nice buck um, tending a, it was a, it was a younger immature doe that had come into heat, you know, sorry, come into estrus yep. late. And I, I came within like 30 yards of that deer and I'm like, whoa, like that's another like stud. And then I keep walking and I see a turkey flock and I, I'm like, I'm literally in the, in the woods and I'm calling my wife and I'm like, I'm making an offer on this house right now. <laughs> like I'm going to make an offer on this house. And oh. mind you, my, my realtor wasn't there. She had, she was, you know, from out of town and she kind of was really good at getting me permission to go walk these farms without me having to like, she, she didn't have to be there cause I didn't have yeah. access to the house. If we were going to yep. walk through the house, then she'd have to be there. Yep. So all this to say, like, I hadn't even been in the house yet. So I didn't even know what the house looked like. <laughs> and it's a smaller, older farmhouse. And long story short, like, my wife drove from Grand Rapids the next day. She comes out, we go in this house, and the house was absolutely destroyed. Oh. I mean, it smelled like cat pee. We later, we later found out that the previous owners had rabbits that they had inside the house. Oh, my gosh. This was like a classic, like neat, this, this house needs to be tore out. Like it needs to be mm. completely just bulldozed. It was like, there was a huge floor in the kitchen where coons were getting in. You could see all the hairs were animals. There was probably three or four dead cats in the crawl space that we had, you know, we eventually bought it. So I knew, yeah. but I think we pulled out four dead cats in the crawl oh space. So all gosh. the ventilation, like a full redo. And I rebuilt this house. We bought it. Um, we rebuilt it. And. I'm, that was kind of the goal was like, you know, my wife's like, I'm, I'm finishing school on this day. And if we're buying this, you have to absolutely rebuild this house for me before I move in. It can't look like this. And yeah. she really, you know, she really took a big leap of faith in me. And that was kind of in the beginning of our, our marriage. And that's, uh, I've, I've never given my wife a reason not to trust me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I do exactly what I say I'm going to do. And I rebuilt that house. And it's one of my prouder things that I've ever done was, um, I mean, I quite literally put in new floor joists. I put in, um, there was spanning from the main beam and the, and the crawl space that needed a ton of work because the spanning was too large. Yep. So the floors were sinking. So I oh, got yeah. underneath the house with a little shovel and I, dug out holes, poured concrete, put in new like support new systems. Footers, yep. All that, man. The sills on the, like everything on the house siding, we did a new roof. We did like, I put in new flooring, new trim, like everything was new. Like I took on a huge project and I was able to do it because it was during COVID and my, yeah. um, my time was much more free at that point. But yeah. So back to the deer, um, all while I'm building this house, I, I'm, obviously hunting this deer I'm, I'm looking for him i'm always glass in the fields and i'd seen him quite a few times um between that and the hunting season and the day that i jumped him and i re recorded him out in the woods um running he went to this little spot it was in the middle of the crp but it was really like tall i mean everything was like 12 foot tall just really thick and i walked in there that day that i first you know walked the property and it was just tore up i mean just just like there was no like i wonder where he's you know wonder where he's yeah. living it, it wasn't was like, like that like yeah like here it is yeah. shining down this is the this is his spot yes exactly so it wasn't like i you know i kind of walked into it i didn't really have to do all the hard stuff that most people yeah. do when you hear about a big buck like i just had to make sure not to screw it up 
that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you had to be smart. Yeah, you had like he he liked it there. That was his home area, and you just had to do your due diligence. And which I guess is great. Like you're able to spend a lot of time on the property, working on it all summer. You can learn how deer like because that's the thing. Like I always tell people, like me myself, you have to like learn how deer use a property, and that can take years depending on how often you can go there or your ability to scout it. I mean. If you're on the property, seeing it every day, you are, okay, does like to be here. Little bucks like to do this. You kind of see as they transition into the fall as you're there. I mean, doing a project like you talked about, I mean, that took you months. Like that wasn't something you just like banged out in a, in a few weeks. Yeah. Like you were, you were there and yeah, being yep. a guy that it's kind of funny. You're like, you know, I know exactly what you're talking about when you say Montana. Cause I went to Wyoming for the first time this spring and it was just like, we did a spring black bear hunt and I was like, like you said, captivated by it. Like, did I grow up in the wrong state? Like, I feel like this is yep. like a passion, but then, you know, you got to, you, you reevaluate everything. It's like, yeah, but you were looking for that. And then here you go. Here's a property that's got diversity different than anything you've ever seen before. And now you have this huge project to keep you like, keep your, keep you going, keep you doing your thing and feeling really good yep. about yourself. And it seems like, yeah, I mean, your wife had a lot of faith in you and she seemed like a saint. Uh, to like, hey, I'm, I'm in a stressful circumstance right now. I'm going through school. We're buying a place yeah. that is unlivable. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah, I mean, the story is, is so rich. It really is. And, you know, kind of to what you're talking about, like, I'm a, I'm a very much like a do-it-yourself kind of guy. Like, I'm a very hands-on. I love to, like, tinker. I'm a tinkerer for sure. I, I don't just sit still, like, you know. That, does, that doesn't run in my blood. So having a, you know, when you're looking at Montana or Wyoming versus like a, you own a farm in a Midwest state, like there's pros and cons to both. Right. And I think it just, it really, like you said, you kind of shift your priorities. Like now I got a, a young boy, he's a four month old boy. Like I, I kind of like the, the small farm. I can, I can go outside and get things done on the weekends and kind of scratch my itch if you will. And then we can still do the trips out West. Yep. Um, but I, I, my God, I, I keep those trips sacred. Like every year, honey, like I'm going on at least two, maybe three <laughs> trips. Like that's, I love the, the adventure of the, of the West. You know, it's just, I don't even care hardly if I kill anything. Sometimes I just want to go on these crazy backpack adventures and go to the highest peaks and look at these areas that like I've never been to. So yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of how I, in my mind justified, like what I'm doing. Um, cause you know, the outdoors, as you can tell, um, probably to everybody listening to like that runs deep. Like that's, that's what we yeah. love. So. Yeah. It's a but, passion. It's like a lifestyle and there is something to say, like, you know, when you get to go out there a couple trips a year, it will stay like sacred to a point. Like it's, you're not going to yeah. get used to it. Cause like my guide, um, he's 21, 22, been all over this mountain, you know, like he's been running those mountains his whole life. And, you know, we were talking and I was like, does this like, like what do you see when you look out there like how do you feel he's like man he's like every time i take someone like you from like michigan or you know east coast or wherever someone flatland come out here it rejuvenates me because he's like this to me is normal you know yeah. and i'm like man that hit me so hard i was like how could this be normal but you know then you know going to like, you live in grand rapids like going to the beach you know yeah. that doesn't mean nothing to me like i care less about the beach and, there, and then we have people friends and family come out of state and they're like this beat you have this beach 30 minutes from your house like what are you like to me it's like yeah it's just there's just a lot of people there i don't like it you know so i yeah. do i do think you have a very good point with that like being able to do that and enjoy it but so yeah i kind of like so you 
at what point in time were you like, I can shoot this deer? Like, this is a realistic opportunity that I can kill this thing going into the fall. Yeah. So to, to be honest with you, I, I'm, I, I don't claim to be like a runner, but I run. Okay. If that makes any sense at all. Like I, I think really well when I don't have a phone in my hand, when I'm, when I'm being active, I'm very, uh, some people like to call it ADHD or ADD like that. I'm that kind of guy. So I run to, to give myself a break from mental stress and stuff like that. So I would run a lot on these back roads and the kind of the point that I knew I was going to start to like, I, I was really going to get a shot at killing this deer because he kind of disappeared and I was building the house and like all these things. Like I just knew like, you know, there's deer around here. I know there's a couple good areas based on the sign that I'd seen and scouted. And I, I looked for a shed, never found a shed. But I, I really knew that I was going to get a shot at, at like seeing this deer. I would run these roads and I would do it early in the morning before work sometimes. And I would do it late in the evening sometimes after work. And I would see this deer. I would see him often, like, like often, you know, like <laughs> once or twice a, a, a month, like not really looking real hard, but you know, but at the same time, you know, when you're a hunter and you live in the country, you're always looking, you're always oh, looking yeah. for deer. You, you just are. Mm -hmm. So, so I would go running and I would see this deer like close encounters. Like I'd see him like right off the road in a little, you know, drainage ditch off the fields. And I'd like become 20 yards from him. And I'm thinking, my God, he lives right. Like, I knew where he was living. You know, I knew where he was yeah. feeding. I knew where he was living. And so I kind of was watching the summer pattern. I knew the bean fields that he was in. And, um, and I remember seeing where his, his summer range was. I put a camera on my East property boundary and I'm thinking like, if he's going to this area, any amount of time, this little thick area where I was telling you, I saw these rubs. I'm like, yeah, he's probably going from this field that I always see him and he's probably skirting this, this edge mm -hmm. and he's going back to this thing. And I, I put a camera in there and I think a couple weeks later I went in and checked it. And, uh, the way that this picture kind of like the, the camera was laid out, like way in the background, you could see the house in the barn and you could see like okay. my little farm there. And so I remember the first camera photo I get on that camera, it's this giant buck in full velvet. <laughs> like just, j he literally licked and ate trees off of the, the tree, the little sapling tree that I put the camera yeah. on. That was the first photos. Like, I think I got like 20 photos of him just sitting there strutting and eating and just doing his thing. And I'm thinking, my God, I'm going to kill this deer. Like for sure. Like <laughs> I'm for sure going to get an opportunity. Like I, I I'm going to, I'm, there will be an opportunity. I just can't, yeah. can't go down in this area. Just, just do what I'm doing. Just keep building the house. So I kind of just tried to, you know, forget about things in a weird way. I tried to just keep busy and, you know, no, don't walk all around the property, which I, I love to do that stuff. So anyways, I, I remember, I think it was May I went in and, uh, I, I put a set, I put a, some sticks into a some very specific cottonwood tree right where like, like this is the spot he's going to come down this trail. Like there was a really worn trail going to this thicker area. And I remember looking at it, like you look, you, you just kind of know, like if you're a hunter, you'd be there. You're like, there's like yeah. a couple of trees to hunt from and there's really no other opportunity because the grass is so tall. So it's like, I get to choose from four trees. I picked a tree, I hung the sticks in. And it had to be a south wind, like south wind. There's like no other possible way that you could hunt this area. Like it had to be a south wind. Yeah. And like, I remember I was in, uh, I was in public land, um, in Ohio hunting 
I was hunting in my saddle and I had a six point right below me. And it was the day before the opener in Michigan. So the opener in Michigan is October 1st. That's the bow opener. Yep. Ohio, they open a couple of days earlier than that. And I'm, I was just down there hunting and uh, I'm looking at the weather for October 1st <laughs> and it's, it's a South wind and it's going to be, a, it's like the coldest weather that we've had in a while. It was a 30 degree, um, like 30 degree morning for October 1st is like really cold. Oh yeah. And I remember thinking like, I'm going hunting tomorrow. Like you say, I don't hunt on the first day of the season, you know, but I'm like, I'm going hunting tomorrow. So I went in and I was so excited. And that was the year for me of, um, of documenting. That's kind of when painted yeah. arrow all really started, which we can tie in painted arrow in a really yeah, cool way sure. to this story. So that was kind of in the time too, where, um, like starting to kind of figure out like, what did I want to do? Cause I hated my job. I, I really hated my job. I'm working for corporate America, but it was providing for my family. And I felt like I needed to kind of stick it out and get through that season of life. And, uh, when I say, Hey, I just, it was just, just not something that I was really cut out to do. Like I I've learned now that God makes people for certain things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not the guy for, uh, how do I say this the right way? I'm not, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a trailblazer rather than a guy who just falls in line. And I just, I felt like I was every, every day that I worked for this company, I just felt like I was made for a lot more. And it was just really hard for me to just like stomach the, the, the be, be where you are. And it was just really tough. Yeah. Complacent. That kind of complacent a little bit. And like, yeah, I mean, everyone has gifts, like, you know, like, and if you can do something that you can excel in your gifts, like, you know, people are super athletic and they can do those kind of things. People are really good, you know, leaders. They're really good. Like, hard workers, you know, doing that. And if you are in a position of life where you feel like it, there's probably, there's a lot of mental illness going around because people are doing Mm -hmm. things they're probably not like suited for, but they feel like they are stuck. And yeah, if you can find something, a niche that can excel with what you like to do, it makes getting up in the morning. It makes it, it makes that easier. It makes providing for your family easier. And sounds like a pretty cool thing that you're able to, you know, work out with you. And I'm sure it's like, it's affected your entire life. And yeah, maybe, you know, you can kind of, and I'm not saying that you don't have to put in your time. Like, you know, there is a point in time where as a man and a woman and all that kind of stuff where you might have to like work your way up to something. So yeah, there's going to be days that you don't want to go do something. But I mean, if you have a good game plan and you keep, keep your head down and work hard, but also be open-minded and, you know, take kind of follow the spirit. Like you were kind of saying, you can, it can really work out well. I mean, that doesn't mean it always like you have a good success story here with the house and everything going well, but I'm sure there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that you probably forgot about. But I mean, it was a struggle. I mean, you had your days where you're probably like, I can't believe I'm down in this hole digging this, you know, this oh. rat cat infested, you know, area. But, you know, you you had a vision and you're able to go forth with it. So I completely yeah. can relate. I can I can relate. Yeah, I mean, you just sparked a ton of memories in my mind like. Yeah, this this story may seem like it's a, you know, a home run, I guess, but the struggle was so real. I don't even know how to explain to you how the struggle was so real. Like that was when the, the lumber prices were out of out of the world, right? I think I paid forty seven dollars per piece of subfloor that I put in, oh, which is six hundred percent like like that. Anyway, money was a struggle for me for sure. I mean, financially, I, I stretched myself to buy this place a little bit and then I had to completely budget for the remodel. 
and I had a mm-hmm. deadline and I, I, you know, I, I couldn't just, you know, I had a full-time job. So I wasn't like, I wasn't able to afford to pay somebody. So, um, there was many days that you just, you just brought back in my mind for sure. So, but back to, back to where I was, um, going with tying in painted arrow, like that was the time too, where I, I had started painted arrow as more of like a, you know, I don't know what to call it. It was a media company. I had a podcast. That's really how I started. And, um, that was probably being 2018. So I, I was three years into having a podcast by myself, wasn't monetizing it in any way. It was more of a, a hobby slash passion, you know, scratching the itch, if you will. Like I love talking outdoors. I love talking wildlife. Um, I, I'd interviewed tons of people onto that point. I interviewed like turtle experts. I had a butterfly expert on one time. <laughs> we talked about dog sledding. Um, we talked about, I I interviewed, um, you know, somebody on like fur trapping. Like I just, I just was interested in the outdoors. Um, and I just knew that like the timing in life and the things that I was doing, like I didn't really have, um, plans to monetize, but I I was getting to that point when I was moving. I'm like, I'm the, my next, my next phase after I redo this house and kind of get settled and I'm freshly married. Like I want to, I want to start a company and, and like get out of this world that I'm in with corporate America and start doing something that I love. And if I'm, you know, if I have to take a cut, if I have to take a hit in terms of financially or, you know, mentally or whatever it may be, like, I'm willing to do it. Like I was, I was at that point, like ready to move on. And my, my best friend, Devin Cole is his name. He's my partner with painted arrow. Now um, we had this, you know, we had ideas of monetizing, you know, the podcast, we had ideas of maybe we'll do food plot seed that we'll mix. We had all these different ideas and we kind of like agreed to partner. And that was kind of all right in this time frame. So relating this back to the deer story, um, what I was trying to get to is we were documenting everything. Like that was kind of he and I's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna just like we're gonna like start documenting everything we do, right? We're gonna use the podcast as a as a diary for ourselves so that someday we can look back and like look at the things that we've done because we were doing crazy stuff i mean he has a very crazy story too you should interview him on a podcast sometime like he did some cool things with the house that he was living in he lived in a double wide trailer for a while and now dude i mean i mean it's just crazy the things that he's doing it's very similar to my story but we were documenting all of this so back to the the photo of this buck right i get this photo i get these videos with this buck in velvet using this tree line and i'm like got to stay out of there. Right. I'm heavily documenting all of my thoughts. I'm highly documenting all of the remodeling process. I'm, I'm doing everything with my cell phone, documenting everything. I mean, yeah. I got pictures of this buck in the drainage fields. I mean, I got, I got so much data on my phone. Like it's unbelievable. So I'm building the house, I'm building the house and I put this tree set in and here it is the day before the season, we got 30 degree weather. I'm going in and I was jack that morning and i remember getting up like three hours like earlier than i need i couldn't sleep hardly i'm like yeah <laughs> i i could potentially see this deer tomorrow like i hadn't seen him in a little while um he kind of disappeared late late august um maybe the second week of august i saw him in a, in a bean field that kind of like across the street a little ways but i hadn't seen him on my property ever like i hadn't seen him like physically on my property with my eyes and i get really excited and I remember I got all the way down, I got creeped all the way down to my set. And I realized I literally had forgotten my tree saddle. Oh my God. <laughs> I was, I got all the way down. I crept in like a ninja. I mean, yep. it was just like, 
I was early and I get down there and I'm literally putting my feet on the ladder and I'm like going to find my carabiner to like clip in, you know, and yeah. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I don't have my saddle. Like I, how can I hunt right now? So I went all the way back up to the barn, threw my saddle on and like came back down and I'm like, shoot, this, this morning is screwed. Like I, I made twice the noise and made twice the yeah. scent trail walking through the CRP grass. Right. Like I, I didn't have like a mowed path or anything like just walking through really oh, tall geez. wet grass. Yeah, so that's it never was like, fun. Yeah, I was so like the whole thing. I just felt discombobulated, and um, and to tie in Painted Arrow again, like my my best friend and partner with Painted Arrow, Devin Cole, he had this idea for this magnetic phone mount a couple of years before, and we had been running these mounts. We we called them the mag mount at the time, and it, what it is is a way to attach your cell phone to your bow using magnets and we we had both made one for ourselves like he had one on his bow and i had one on my bow and at that time kind of like a lot of people were starting to ask like what's that thing on your bow and how do i get one what does it do that's really cool and i had one on my bow that morning so i, I climb up the tree and so what i would typically do is i would leave my phone on the mount yep. so i'm 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 in the tree it's just be kind of coming morning and i remember like so well, I remember so well this day, it's incredible. I could hear a scrape being made. I could hear it clearly. I mean, I could hear it clear as day. I could hear a scrape being made on this licking branch and like rub scrape area that was very noticeable. And I knew where it was, that's where my camera was. And it's dark, it's pitch black. I mean, it's, it's pitch black and I, I hear this deer I don't know what it is. I didn't know if it was a, a coon, but I, I just remember hearing like, I'm pretty sure that's a scrape being made at that scrape. And it's probably 40 yards to my direct East. And so it's slowly becoming light. Right. And like everybody listening, if you're a hunter, you know, like there's like a moment in every morning hunt where it's like, you're, you're kind of like done with the being enamored part of the morning. Like, wow, this is beautiful. I'm in the tree. It's dark. And there's like a moment where you're like, okay, now it's, it's time to kill. Like, it's like, it's light. Like it's, it's, it's legal hunting light. Like, you know, just not, not looking at the clock or anything, but you just know by the birds, like there's like this snap and you're like, okay, I can shoot now. Like, I don't know yep. what it is, but like, there's that moment. And I remember like that, like that moment, like the sun's peeking at this orange sky, right? Like it's, it's light. And here's this, all of a sudden I look down at 12 yards and there's a giant frame at 12 yards. And I'm, I remember like looking back, I didn't get really rattled. Um, which for my personality, I'm a, I'm a hype guy. So like I typically get rattled by big deer. I really do. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why I love hunting. Like I love getting rattled in like the whole moment. And I remember I didn't really get rattled and it was like just to the point of light where I had to turn my spot hog sight light on. Yeah. And I turned it on real yep. quick and I grabbed my phone and I put it on the mount and I turned the camera on and it was like black. So I was worried about the light at that moment getting a little bit too bright for this deer. So I clicked my phone off, didn't film. Yeah. And I grabbed my bow back. I, I didn't have to range or anything. I mean, it was like right on the trail right that I had there. set up for. It was right there. Draw back and I can see, I can see the animal and I just squeezed it off. 
it wasn't it wasn't like a i didn't i didn't it just happened like, like it just, just happened. like happened yeah wow and so like the deer bounds off and i can see the tail and all of a sudden like i can't see him really good and i remember just sitting there thinking like did i hit him like i don't <laughs> I'm like, dude I don't so know. this is first sit on your new property first time you've yeah. been there you haven't you set this you picked this tree in may and just on a win, like you knew it was good because you know like experience all that stuff and you sneak in there twice through crp like i'm just imagining me going through CP, crp grass you it's hard like it's not easy to do like yeah. you can try to be stealthy but that second trip back i mean you're like i gotta go i can just see you just like all right i gotta get in here and yeah. this deer just appears like and like when you said that time frame you're right like everything's coming to life you're like if it's gonna happen like this is the moment and it's yeah. a morning hunt october 1st like a lot of people don't like that's i mean i hunt early october in the mornings but it's not like a super like thing exactly. that hey you need to get after it but you took advantage of the cold front or whatever it may be and dude first deer first sit on your pro- <laughs> oh my first goodness. ever first that's everything. insane first, so that deer comes in i let the arrow go and the um I remember like thinking like, I, I don't have any idea if I just killed that. I have no idea what happened. Like I just blacked out completely <laughs> after the arrow went out and I'm, you know, I'm, I was, you know, I'm still, I consider myself, myself still a new hunter. Like, you know, I got, I got a lot of learning to do. You know, I don't think you ever feel like you, you know it all, but I, I was by far the biggest deer I'd ever killed. I, I, I've had a lot of circumstances where I've gone too early and I've jumped you know, better deer that I've shot at. And if I would have just waited a day, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd recovered them. So I remember it came light a little more and all of a sudden I can see this deer and I, I I'm documenting everything. So I zoom in on this deer on my phone and I can see this, the entry wound, the deer's back was hunched up. The arrow yep. was too, too far back. And I'm like, liver hit, like gotta let him lie. He ends up like getting up and bedding and getting up and bedding and getting up and bedding. Like a bunch of different times and i'm like yeah he's he's hurt his back's hunched his mouth's open he's panting almost he like he's he's mm-hmm. hurt and so i waited all day i was glassing him probably till midday and he kind of disappears in the grass and i'm thinking okay i'm gonna get out of here and i'm gonna go up top to the house and kind of look down in this valley and glass and see if i can't see his rack get up and sit down get up and sit down and then we'll go in and you know recover him way later tonight so i shot him at like 7 a.m or whatever it was and so the whole day goes by and I'm calling my dad, I'm calling my, my best friend, Devin, <laughs> I'm telling people, um, I'm not really telling everybody that I got him or anything that, Hey, like I saw, I just, the people close to me, I kind of told, yep. Yep. um, and you know, my dad shows up in the afternoon, Devin shows up in the afternoon after work. Like it's been about 12 hours. Like we're going in yep. like the last hour of light, like, I wanted to go in like at least 12 hours later, but also didn't want to go in like the next night because of coyotes and yeah. things like that. Yep. So anyways, we just, I, I, and I was glassing all over and I couldn't, I couldn't find this deer all day and I'm stressing heavily. And finally we, uh, we get the crew there. My, my, my dad's filming, I think, no, I think Devin's filming. Like he actually brought a camera at this time. So we could like, we could like focus. I got my hand on the release, like in case something happens, like, so Devin's filming my dad. I told everybody, I want you to follow in a single file motion in case we need to get a dog. 
I don't want to yeah. mess up all the scent. So yeah. we go single file. I'm, I'm in the lead. My dad's behind me and then Devin's filming. And we get into the area where I last saw him and we're looking around and I find blood and I kind of turn to look back to my dad there behind me. And I can see this buck's rack like lifting up in the grass. And I like, mm. I was like, oh, oh my God, he's, he's still here and he's not dead. So I like knock an arrow and I shoot him at like point blank. Wow. And, and he, he wasn't dead still. Like he, he was alive for another 30 seconds. And I'm like, Oh my God, like pull out another arrow, shoot him again. And he finally expired. And I remember that moment for me, I pictured that moment going a ton of different ways. And that was not like, it no. was, it was a very, <clears throat> it was very brutal. It was a very brutal moment for me. Like it was a very vocal, um, you know, like usually you don't watch the animal expire and nope. um, people, people kind of discount the, like, you just don't typically have to watch it and hear it. And I, I experienced it firsthand and that deer meant a whole lot to me. And I, I, uh, it just kind of like dampened the moment for me in a weird way. And so all this to say, I kind of got over it. We did, we said a little prayer and we pulled that. I mean, I hadn't seen the rack yet cause it was completely covered in the grass and we found out mm -hmm. he was bedding in this little, little wallow where there's a, tiny bit of water in there so he's kind of cooling down yep and we pulled this rack out and i mean as big as life and we got him obviously we got him scored he was 165 inch typical i mean beautiful for michigan for michigan that's that's as good as it gets i mean that's unbelievable <clears throat> so like every time not to like make light of the situation or anything like that like you you documented like in the video you you were like yeah man i hit him bad the first shot this is what had to happen which i really enjoyed that aspect because you could have easily did things differently and pushed that deer and that deer could have died a much worse death like getting ate by coyotes as it's trying to get across the field or like all these other things and you took the responsibility to pull your bow back and take a shot at that animal and thankfully you were patient and did that realize you didn't try to convince yourself you made a good shot when you could see in front of you that it wasn't so you I'm sure you took recommendations from people that you trust and stuff and like, let's wait. You waited that 12 hours. And by that time you're able to get close enough for a second shot. What if you would have been in at like four hours, he might've been fine or good enough to get away from you. So like, I always like, cause I've had some rodeos, like I have too. like, yeah, granted you love it when you shoot one and you hear it crash or watch it fall down. But like I shot a buck this year, I hit him, you know, 14 yard shot quartering too slightly. When I shot the deer, I was like, man, I heart shot him. And then he goes and hunches up in the middle of the woods, you know, 80 yards away for 15 minutes and lays down. I'm like, well, I'm going to sneak up on him and try to get another shot at him. Couldn't get a shot. It runs off like nothing's wrong with him. You know, 45 minutes later, I am just like a hot mess, you know, like it's like what happened? Well, found the deer the next day and I had, there was a slice across that deer's heart. So like, you know, there's mm. so many things that go on as an archer and as a hunter that, yeah, when you, that's not how you want it to go, but there's also like, I'm sure you have a new perspective now too. Like when things go good or when you're in this circumstance, it's like, it's a, it is a gut check and it is like, there's more to it than just killing something. There's like that whole like spiritual aspect of like, you know, I loved how you said you prayed after and, you know, it, it means a lot, but it's like also at the end of the day, you know, that, that it is an animal and it's something you're able to eat or take care of your family or whatever it may be. And they do die pretty gruesome when a coyote gets a hold of them. So, I mean, or it gets, you know, there's a lot of different things yep. you can do, but uh, 
it's not like you don't want to glorify that bad shots happen. It's okay, but it does happen. And you have to figure out a way to work through it. And it probably helped yep. having your family there with you to help you get through that, that time. And yeah, then you got to enjoy the, enjoy the hard work and a big full circle for you on that regard. Yeah, it was, it was really emotional. And, you know, if I could just, I want, I want to finish this story because it, it took me full years actually. Um, And I made a whole spirit box. YouTube, it's like the Holy Spirit box. This show, um, talking about. We had this song, right? This is post. So it was unbelievable. Got a lot of photos. Like, was unbelievably like first day, first day of everything that you said. It was just unbelievable. And you know, geeking all these and just kind of, you know, enjoying the moment. Like that was, it was like feeling like you won the national championship or something like that. That's how it felt. And I've won some, you know, I've, I've won tournaments before and stuff. It was, it was epic. epic and looking back now, like phone, that was the start of our company. And if I would have left to go to Montana, God, selfish me, Nate, to do and my you know didn't really want country but she was willing to do it um all these selfish things i look back now and i'm thinking wow like painted arrow has really like that's my full-time job now so i enjoy my job for corporate america my last day was seventh and this company has scaled in a way that is just really undescribable it's it's really not it's it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any logical sense other than it's, it's stopping me looking at this buck it's like almost like the stamp on this is where i want you to be here's where i want you to, to to focus your time this is what i want you to be doing and Devin and i have taken this company from i mean talk about a leap of faith when i when i quit my job this is kind of open and out there but i mean we had like hardly any money in our bank account in our business bank account huge leap of faith i mean wow talk about i mean i could sit here and tell you stories about that like that's a whole other podcast like um really just taking a bet on myself but that that deer means a lot to me i mean it means a ton to me because it's it's not the it's not the antlers it's not the it was just more of like the way that it happened on the first day on that hunt and that place at that at that house with my wife and the the company and just the the progress that we've seen forward and keeping our focus on god and like he's the center of what you know you need to be doing it's changed my life i mean it's quite literally changed my life and uh yeah i mean painted arrow has been uh it's been a, an incredible avenue for for me to to just i guess express myself and um to go about my business on a daily basis and uh i guess yeah that's that's, awesome. yeah, that's why i call it buck and yeah so i mean that's that's a really cool thing and like you said you're you know you're you're real and i think that's why people like you know people who are real and relatable and no no matter how the spiritual aspect comes into it for people i mean you got to respect someone who is you know doing their thing and you know i'm never going to force anything on anyone but like you know if you this is how you choose to live your life this is how you choose to have your company and i think people can get behind that you know and you can uh you're providing a product that works i mean 
if you a lot of people are having good success with it you guys are you know getting after it doing your part you're doing your part it's like you're taking care of the things that you guys need to take care of and that you know stems through the family life and all that and it's portraying through your company i mean that's you know that's the hard work and yeah you know that doesn't mean that it's always going to be good or like everyone has that that story but when you do hear a story like this it's uh yeah like hearing it that way it's first time i've heard it you know like that it's like okay yeah like that's a great point you know you broke up a little bit on the um on the sound but like essentially you were saying how like you this deer was a reflection on you just knowing that you're in the right place like this is where you need to be and that allowed you to be like this is my path and i'm gonna take advantage of it i'm gonna work hard and do your part and uh yeah it's it's cool man and like the products you got maybe we can touch on the product here a little bit because i think we got a little, couple minutes left yet but you know you guys are busy with the trade show season coming on and doing all those things and but yeah you kind of touched on you know the 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 bow attachment system where you can just have your cell phone magnet it to the front of the bow and get some cool video and help out once you kind of touch on some of those things yeah so that the the first product ever like painted arrow quite literally started with the phone mount which we call the mag pro um we called it the mag mount at the beginning but you know for trademark reasons and things like that we changed the name to the mag mag pro and that story goes something like this we went to a trade show shortly after that deer was harvested my partner Devin and i we pulled some cash together we made a handful of these made a test batch of 100 pieces we went to a trade show in grand rapids michigan at the hunter uh hunting time expo and we sold out on the first day wow we sold out on the first day of the show and we're like holy crap like what just happened you know like completely reflected and that was the launch of the company basically um in terms of you know monetarily launched the company and since then we've expanded our line um we've kind of you know adjusted some small things on the mount but honestly it's very true to its original form um and it's just a really easy way for you to if you got a cell phone which i can almost guarantee you do um <laughs> it's just a really easy way to magnetize to your bow so that you can be hands-free um get the shot on on film and help you to recover critters when you're out hunting so that was the first product that's still our best-selling product We've got, I think, 20 SKUs right now of different, unique, innovative ways to film your hunt with your cell phone, with your GoPro, with your action camera um, that are really affordable and just easy to use. Like, that's our whole motto is, can we make something that's useful? Does it solve a problem? Is it affordable? Like, that's that's what we that's what we offer. So, um, yeah, been in business now for a couple of years. I've dabbled in, the, I've dabbled in self, self-filming for, you know, a handful of years, and I started with, like, a little cheap handy cam, and then I kind of went, a buddy is really big into filming, so he gave me one of his older uh, DSLR cameras, and, man, this year I failed miserably. Like, and, like, I'm not trying to film for content. I'm just trying to, like, get it on film so, like, if I make a shot, I can see what's going on, you know, show my dad mm-hmm. or show my close family. Like, that's all I'm looking for. And the more and more I look into this, it's like, man, my cell phone would be is more than enough for that. Like, granted, you could use it for content if people are doing that. But I think it really is intriguing to like a guy like me or anyone else who's like, you know, I want to just have something that's easy, simple. It's right there. You already carry your phone with you anyways. So you don't have the hassle of a big, huge camera arm and all these things, which I mean, those are getting better, too. But it's so such a value, I think, because even for new hunters, like I've helped my brother-in-law get hunting and some other people, you know, they have no idea where they, they shot the deer. Even if it is like good conditions, they don't know what's going on. That Having that ability to like slow down footage and see, like I got a buddy that's a dog tracker. 
he loves it when someone's got video of something because then it will help him give them words of advice. And then he can also, you know, set up a timeline for him to help recover a deer. So it's just a great product that is very useful for a lot of different hunters. Yeah, I would agree. I'm, I'm biased towards it, but I mean, I have, I got all my hunts on film um, to be able to review. And, you know, for some people, maybe you do want to make content, YouTube videos or whatever, but for me personally, and, and, our, I guess, value statement that we, we use it and it's just so valuable. I mean, <laughs> your video, you know, your phone shoots in 4k, it shoots in 4k video and you yeah. can easily blow that up, airdrop it to your Mac, airdrop it to your television. You can literally go into a, a recovery with so much Intel. I mean, I mean, I have a buck from this year I shot at, I could literally see the arrow floating through the air, just like, felt like high death to me like you know i'm not interested necessarily in taking all this gear and you know putting a mirrorless sony a7 camera on a camera arm and like getting the you know that's not necessarily for me but for the for the majority of people kind of like you've mentioned already like like you take this cell phone with you like it's super easy to smack on there and the value prop is just kind of a no-brainer and i i had a cheer i could see where it entered and it's cool to be able to have a you know intel going into a blood trail for sure yes sir well man i i think we're gonna kind of end it on that um and then i would love to have you out in the future i've been kind of saying this a lot of my guests like i'm trying to compile like some local guys that hunt in the fall because i kind of want to do like a little series this fall with like you know, week updates and stuff like that. So I'm trying to build my kind of like people I can rely on. And you're definitely someone that I would love to uh, keep in touch with that. And then also like encourage people to go check out your website. If they're in any shows, you know, I'm sure you guys on your Instagram page, you have a lot of cool little videos you do and stuff to keep, uh, it's good stuff. And, um, yeah, I think that, uh, I think that it's a product that I'm definitely going to be, I got, a, I got a list of things that I kind of like want to get by this fall and a different <laughs> filming system is on the list because yeah, I made, if I would have videoed my second buck I shot, having that video would have alleviated a lot of pain for me. Like I would have been like, yes, I did hit it where I think I hit it. Yes, I did. What I saw was, was right. Or like, you know, having just footage, you know, you're trying to replace stuff. So yeah, that's one of the things that I think is a very good value uh, for me and for, you know, a lot of other people. And like I've told people before, like I'm doing this because it's a passion. And if I feel like something's like a good quality product and I like the the people that are on it and behind it, I'll have them on. We'll chit chat about it. So your passion is there. I mean, anyone who listens to this can tell. And if you want to see your reaction, <laughs> that YouTube video of that, you get to see the, the real reaction. So I do appreciate yeah. you hopping on today. Absolutely. And yeah, if you just go there, all this painted arrow my door, so it's hard to find us. There's not a lot of uh, hunting companies that are named painted arrow. So I appreciate your, you know, bringing me on, and I'm I'm definitely interested in any way I can help you. Um, in the fall, we we always we're always hunting in Michigan in um, November for sure. I mean, the first two weeks last this last season, I mean, late October was hot. So I mean. We try to do weekly updates on certain things too. So I'd be more than happy to jump on and, and share Perfect. any information that I can that's going on in our area. I'd love that. Awesome. Well, thanks, Nate. Appreciate it. And uh, hope everyone enjoys this episode and has a great week. All righty, guys. Thank you.
Hey guys, just wanted to hop on here at the end of this episode. I did not put this in the intro, but yes, I uh, did realize that we had a little bit of uh, audio issues. Uh, Nate's super busy. He ended up uh, being between a few things and, and uh, ended up meeting with me and doing this in between a meeting, and he was kind of rushed on time, so he was actually driving uh, throughout it. So he kind of hit a couple – he had a spot where it was really weird, had great audio, and then occasionally he'd cut out. A couple of times that was in kind of like a pivotal point of the conversation. So it might not be the most easy flowing thing, but, you know, overall he was just, you know, super, super good guest and uh, look forward to doing many episodes with him in the future. And yeah, like, you know, he was kind of some of the points he was making, I think it was really good, you know, how he, you know, being a young man going through what he was with his life and, you know, trying to see what direction he wanted to be, you know, the religion side of this thing, you know, I'm a religious guy, I believe in God and, and I try to live a godly life and all that, you know, obviously don't want to force that in anyone, but it was kind of nice to sit down and listen to him kind of tell his story. And, you know, he's, he wasn't, he's not shy. He's not bashful about how he, you know, views life and does those kind of things. So it was cool hearing him say that and how he was, um, you know, kind of in those points where he was kind of breaking up. I mean, it was, it was, I kind of got the feel that he was, you know, kind of sharing something that was pretty deep meaning to him. And, uh, I, uh, hopefully it still comes across good. I think it does. I think it will. And I think it, yeah, everyone can kind of get that, uh, that mindset, but I mean, it is, it's a, it's a religion to be out there in the woods and being, being nature. I think a lot of us enjoy that because, you know, it's not chaotic. You can get outside and kind of, you know, reconnect and, you know, reset, you know, and, you know, think, think what's going on in your life. And hopefully, yeah, obviously you're chasing deer and you're trying to, you know, harvest animals and do all those things. But I think the deer meaning is, um, it's good for good for people to just slow down, you know, self-reflect what's going on in your life. How can you be better? And, uh, you know, he, he takes that approach. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy talking to people like that. So, yeah, it was really good. And I do uh, I do apologize for some of that, you know, kind of limited when you're doing uh, you're doing an online, uh, you know, conversations, not in studio guests. But, uh, it, you know, it, I'll take it when I can. And, you know, I was glad that we did get enough uh, audio and it wasn't doing it the whole time. So, take what you can get but yeah then also you know if you want to support michigan wild farther it's in the show notes too every week you know check out my shop and uh if you want to get anything for that i know fishing season's coming up ice fishing's been quite a dud for uh, most of michigan um hopefully i can find someone uh i would like to find someone to talk about ice fishing because that's one of those things a lot of guys like and uh like river fishing not some i've ever done so i was kind of hoping to maybe interview a few of my buddies that do it but they've had a pretty slow winter um, so, but no, going into the, in the spring and that kind of thing and, you know, fishing and, um, camping and all those things and hunting, obviously, you know, check out the shop. There's a lot of stuff on there. Um, and then, you know, anyone who wants to message me and give me some feedback, feedback on what you think, um, about the shop and what you may want to see on there or what you have any questions, feel free to reach out about products and stuff like that. By no means am I forcing anyone to go on there. If you uh, if you like everything you got and you're cool rocking it, I salute you. Go for it. Keep doing it. There is no need to spend a bunch of money to have fun outside. I um, I will support that 100%. So, uh, but if you do want to, you know, maybe kind of update your clothing with some base layers or maybe get into a saddle or you know some of those other technical things, there's some there's options on my website for that. So uh, give it a look and uh, thanks for listening to this episode. Appreciate all the support. And I look forward to having you guys back here next week. Thank you.